Welcome to the Bump and Run Broadcast, where we dive into the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series with an abundance of heated opinion and comedic debate. Here's Paul and Tristan. What's going on, guys? Welcome. To, my name is Paul. I'm here with Tristan, and you are listening to the Bump and Run Broadcast. Welcome to Episode 7. Episode seven, exciting race week. Exciting. What we have? This has probably been, if not, this has probably been the most anticipated episode so far in the season. I mean, this is like a, the big, the first big, like, race. You could, I mean, we had the five hundred, and then now, like, we've had a lot of great races, but everyone's been looking. Obviously, this has been one that's been circled on a lot of Bristol Dirt has been one that's been circled on a lot of calendars. Now, do, do you say that because it's something that, like, if you can win at this track, then you can win at a lot of other nascar ones like it's not like you can get lucky at this track and just come away with a win like i just think saying. i think more so just because we haven't seen it in so long and i think people yeah. i think we're just excited like yeah i mean this is the first track that got canceled this is uh, last week because of covid yep. all the haulers and everything was there they originally said you know that there was gonna be no fans once we found out about covid but they were still gonna do the race and then they ended up not doing the race oh, because, I, oh yeah absolutely and then this week obviously we have uh we have coming we have bristol dirt which is going to be a lot of fun, and I think, I think that's what I think a lot of people are excited. I think that's one that that is when people have really been ready for and excited for. So, yep. but I think Atlanta was um, it was pretty good. So just kind of like break it down. I have so some of the race. It wasn't kind of like it wasn't. I wouldn't say in terms of the last two mile and a half, the passes and cautions and everything. It wasn't super crazy. We only saw we saw five cautions the whole race, including the ends of stage one and two. Yep. With only the only other incidents being. Kurt Busch's crash at the beginning of stage two, where he on the restart. That screwed up my fantasy really it, quick. Well, screwed, it also <laughs> messed up mine. Yeah. But um, and we also have, and then the other one was for Chase Elliott, which was also on another restart where his engine just blew, and that was ultimately the only. Those were the only ones. I think. I think there might have been one more in the beginning of the first stage. There were eleven lead changes, and there were six different leaders yesterday. Most notably, the biggest leader was most laps led was by no one other than Kyle Larson, who led two hundred and sixty nine laps of three hundred and twenty five. He was lapping people left and right. He, I mean, he was really running away with it. It he was by far the fastest car on the racetrack yesterday, but there was no. He couldn't, any, but no other person I would have liked to see him battle with than no one other than the second fastest car on the track all day. Tristan's boy, <laughs> Ryan Blaney. I'm happy today. I'm sporting my Ryan Blaney hat. We're drinking body armor here, fruit punch, Ryan Blaney body armor. If you want to sponsor us, one, hit us up. One in the body armor car yesterday. So we had to celebrate. Had to right. celebrate. But so, kind of just looking off at the like, kind of looking back at the race yesterday, you kind of from the beginning. Denny Hamlin started on the pole. Truex started in the front on the also on the front row in second, and so Denny kind of led the first twenty seven laps of the race, and then that was about the end of Denny's day up front. After yeah. that, once as soon as he got kind of into dirt, well, and, he really and then just yeah, fell off. and then once Larson caught him, which Larson kind of, and then that was Larson just came out right from the gate, right had speed from the very beginning, and then Kevin Harvick looked to be like Kevin. We thought Kevin Harvick would be at Atlanta. Atlanta is one of Kevin Harvick's. Until he got a flat tire. And then it, right at the competition caution, too. So it was actually a valve stem came loose, and that was what caused it. So he had a flat tire, sent him to the rear. And then, like you said, dirty. he got put back in that dirty air, and it really affected. How, how do you think the race changes if he doesn't get a flat there? Do you think he still is th- in contention with, like, Ryan Blaney and Kyle Larson's I would have, car? I would have, I would have liked to see – 
what they could have done, but obviously his teammates didn't do very much yesterday either. So it might yeah. have been – I mean, obviously we, this has been said time and time again. Kevin Harvick is always usually going to be the best SHR car, which he was. He had a top 10 yesterday. Yep. But you didn't yeah, see – Yeah, I mean, I picked him none, for my win it last none, week. None, so. none of his – no, I also picked him to win it. So And, I mean, also obviously for him to come back from that early incident, still get a top 10 – was still he still ran it he still came back and brought it home and still had a decent finish but yep. that whole the whole rest of the team over there at Stewart House Racing is it's I don't know what's going on dude it's pretty crazy I can't really tell you what I mean that other than Kevin Harvick no I don't think any other drivers and sounds like maybe we'll have to do an investigator uh, investigating uh, podcast episode where we go into SHR's garage and figure out what the culture is and figure well, out what what's, cra- going what's crazy on. is their second, pl- their next highest finishing driver was Cole Custer at 18th and then Eric Almirola was 20th yep. and Briscoe was 23rd. And Eric, uh, did, he had problems on pit road when uh, Anthony Alfredo yes. spun into him, almost hit one of his Absolutely, crew guys. Yeah, no. Which that was that was kind of weird because that crazy. looked it looked pretty identical almost to what was going on with uh, Daniel Hemrick and, and Noah, Noah Gregson. Gregson. Yes, yeah, and, the well, they t- and they talked about it on the broadcast. Atlanta has super tight and has a smaller pit lane, tighter pit boxes. So you could even tell, like, not some tracks you could tell drivers can get in pretty clean and get in pretty parallel. And yesterday at Atlanta, they do not always get, come in. Yep. Unless your name is Kyle Larson and you're coming down pit road first. Well, that's the funny part, too, is, like, when you think of, like, hard pit rows just in general because of their size or anything, you don't automatically think of Atlanta right away. You think of, like, Indianapolis, oh, right? Yeah. Because that is just super, super thin. You think of Martinsville and Bristol because it goes it's all the, the way around. It's and, not just – And Bristol's got that unique, like, half-and-half half kind of pillow. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. And you got, like, another one like Phoenix. It's not – like, it's not small. But, but it's on a curve. It's, it's more of a speed trap kind of pit road. So yep. it's kind of like – yeah, we kind of saw that kind of play in a factor yesterday. It was kind of throughout the whole weekend. But it was over – I mean, and then obviously same thing, like kind of more so in the stage two, Larson – did his same thing just got out he but the cool thing larson won stage one with his with a seven second the seven over a seven second lead <laughs> that's crazy i mean absolutely and then same thing he carried all of that into stage two and clearly when was the last time we saw someone win a stage with a seven second lead because honestly i think of tracks where you get that spaced out of personally and all i can think of is like auto club auto club's like the only one or pocono where they get really yeah. really spread out you know but single file was, like he that. was running he was just that fast. i don't know chase elliott had a pretty big lead at phoenix last year in the championship race he, he was pretty out he was yeah. out there because i i remember thinking that if he gets a car but he was out because chase had it like if there was yep. all green there was no way in, in seven seconds at a place like atlanta where you're going that fast especially, too, at, a fa- quite yeah, especially at a fast track yep. and it almost looked like tire wear was non-existent on the five car yesterday he just it made well, until the end there maybe right? it's just because kyle larson's used to driving on dirt and when you have no tires at atlanta it must be just driving loose is kind of his thing i yep. guess so yep but you did see you saw a guy like I mean I honestly someone I don't think will be talked about very much, but had a great day yesterday was Alex Bowman, finished third. You really saw him come alive in the second stage, had a great race, ran really, really well. And they I mean the forty eight team had a great run. Probably his I mean his best finish of the season yet. So yep. I think and, and at a track where it's not like you just come with I a think, lucky finish. Like no, that that that, that, this that comes hard, earned. You yeah, know what I mean? And they, t- he, they, he and they talked about it on the broadcast how he likes these tracks where it's a little bit looser surface also, so Maybe we look for Alex Bowman to be strong again here, and when we come back in July, I think it's going to be a lot warmer in July, though. So it's going to be a totally different track because it's going to be really humid. You have to think about how loose it was yesterday, and then you have to think about how much it's going to be looser when it's Atlanta in July. Like it's going to be, 
they're gonna be sliding a lot out there so yep. and then yeah but cool thing so you definitely saw on stage two that Blaney was act- Blaney was the fastest Penske car of the day by far, which is crazy because you have a guy like Brad Kozlowski who's so dominant, but he was without his crew chief yesterday from like we talked about last yep. week. Blaney, and we didn't really think it was going to affect him as much as it ended up. It really did as much as it did. It seemed like he had because some- it, yes, it was circumstantial, mm-hmm. right? With with how he got kind of caught up in that, but at the same time, I mean, the way they reacted kind of showed how much you know he really needed. His uh, crew chief, right Absolutely. there. So, but then you also have a note. This was something that I really thought was awesome, though, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But Trackhouse Racing has got officially got their first ever point as a team in the Cup Series yesterday. No, was that because of their stage win? Yeah, because Daniel Suarez or not win. Daniel Suarez got tenth place at the end of stage two. Yep. And a fit team track house. And so, yeah, he finished 17th, which I mean. Oh, it was absolutely. And we're going to talk. I would, I think we'll, we'll kind of get into more of that. I'll talk. We kind of want to talk about that a little bit more later. But I just felt like that was kind of an awesome congratulations to a new team. Yep. So I guess that was kind of the question. Which is surprising because would the you, other. Would, the you, other th- would you have thought track house would have been the first new team to get a point this season out of all uh, the new ones? No. I don't think I would. And, no. And if you did, you wouldn't have thought it would happen at Atlanta. No way. You, you would have thought it would have been a super speedway. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is, right, Daniel Suarez ran in the top 10 and seemed like a lot more competitive of a car. But I also want to give out a shout-out to 2311 Racing. Bubba Wallace finished ahead of him. Even though Bubba didn't, has, didn't have as fast as a car as Daniel, um, he finished 16th. He finished right in front of uh, Trackhouse Racing, which, I mean, that's – Oh, yeah, that- and Bubba also you – know, Bubba had an excellent day. It's like it goes back to what we were saying before, how when Bubba can keep the car clean and – he they can always find a way to bring the car home like really well you know yeah so it's super awesome and what i see that is a lot of people right with a new team new driver and a lot of hype around it they have good reason right to be skeptical of what the the expectations are and what the results are actually going to be and to me what this shows with having a solid day at a track like atlanta right it, it just shows those marginal gains. And at some point, they're going to start to stack up and the luck's going to start to go their and way. You think, know what I what mean? What I think is crazy is we actually saw a lot of drivers that we've been talking about that need to have good finishes yeah. really stepped up yesterday. Like, uh, another one that comes to mind is like Matt DeBedetta stepped up in a big way yesterday. Like, he, he is typically not very good at Atlanta, but he ended up having, he brought, home, brought it home 11th, but he ran in the top well, 10. I mean, let's talk about Roush Fenway Racing. Chris Busher, I mean, we can get in this later, but I have him as my underdog of the day, right? He ran competitively. It's not like he just stayed out on pit strategy and ended up coming home with the top 10. Chris Busher finished in seventh. And then even his uh, teammate, Ryan Newman, finished 13th. Yeah, so that's absolutely. a really good, like, well, that's a and, really and good think, finish for the, the six car. And I think we can count on them. I think we can count on guys. We'll come back to them because I, th- I want to talk about both of a couple of these guys that we're talking about right now and one of our newer segments that we've kind of been doing. So then kind of just to wrap it up, though, like at the end of stage three, Larson kind of came out of the pit stops at the end of stage two running really strong. Yep. And then you saw – and then kind of from that, you did see towards the – actually, I'm kind of the point out, though, towards the end of stage two, you did notice that Blaney was gaining back some speed on Larson, even though he had that lead. So it kind of was showing that Blaney on the long run, especially on a like extended long run, where especially at Atlanta, a track where you're running green for a lot of the time, so you're not – and like no one towards the end, you're going to stay out and instead. Yep. So 
you kind of saw that and it was kind of a good hint and then down towards the end of stage two you saw i mean stage three sorry you saw joey come i mean you saw you saw kyle larson come actually running up on joey Logano, who was at the time on the lead lap he was the last car yeah he was in 15th right yep. and he at was the time. and he was on he was the last car on the lead lap so yeah I mean, obviously in that situation that's when you are going to kind of fight the leader at that point yep. in that in any circumstance i feel like that's the only time a car like that should at least defend themselves i mean it's not like it's a championship the, racer or a no playoff but absolutely even. but it is a stay on the lead lap and you never yeah. know if a caution were to come out or anything like you want that's a huge advantage to be on there so yeah and it just was i mean yes and and here's did, the thing did, did, like joey logano and joey logano is a hard racer he's kind of like ryan newman he's good you, know, you it should be expected yes and Le- like i don't think it was anything I and mean, yeah yes it may have helped blaney did get to gain a little bit from that but it wasn't anything i don't think he was right. anything from that. i mean my whole opinion on it too is right yes yes i'm biased because it, it benefited ryan blaney but at the same time i'm a larson fan and i don't really like joey logano nope. And I don't think he did anything wrong necessarily. It's, I mean, it's, it's not, it's racing. It's not like he door slammed him. It's not like he just completely like threw a over aggressive block or something like that. You know what I mean? He was just trying to stay on the, on, on the, on lead, the lead lap. lap. And, and it's no different no, than, and it's no different than someone else being even further behind and just trying to salvage a good day. Right? Like I think of his teammate, Brad Keselowski ended up coming home 28th. And I would have thought the same thing. You know what? 28th for Brad Keselowski after the run and the momentum he's been having, is not a good day no. for him. I if and, if he was in the same exact position, I would want him just to race just as hard and gain an extra couple of spots and try to you know try to salvage the day a little bit better than twenty eighth. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't I don't blame Joey Logano for doing that. We we're talking we've been talking about this a lot. We talk about luck. And Brad Kozlowski has had. I mean, he he's been missing the luck. He's been really running good, but this was just a, he he didn't have his crew chief on top of the box. And some for some drivers, yep, it does. And we talk about it all the time. We've talked about how we should, I feel like we can't stress enough how important it is having a good driver crew chief relationship and having like that taken away, even for one race can really having just somebody else sitting like on the radio for you is not always a, it's kind of a different change. And I guess it kind of just, the two team kind of just struggled yesterday. So, but in thought, like, so we had Ryan Blaney, Man, I, I remember I texted you in the middle of the race, and I said, we are going to have – the streak is over. We are going to have a repeat winner today. Yep. Because I, I was pretty – I was never so happy to watch you eat your words. I was so <laughs> confident. I mean, I, I mean, I, I really – and I, I rightfully – I feel like rightfully I was because at the time, even through the, I mean, the whole race. Because no one showed the same speed. No one even but, was And I will tell you – I, I will 100% tell you that Ryan Blaney was the second fastest car on the racetrack all day. And I really would have loved – and that's what I wanted. That's all I – and I think we, we said the same thing in Las Vegas about Truex and Larson. Larson had the very – the same thing in Las Vegas. He was super fast. Yep. But Truex had the car to compete with Larson. Larson just got too big of a Are lead. Are you talking Las Vegas or Phoenix? I'm talking Las Vegas. Was Larson, it? Larson won – yeah, but he ran out. Truex had a good. Oh, okay. I see what no, you're saying. That other Truex, way finished, yeah. Truex finished second in Vegas, yep. though. So, yep, yep. And Truex was super, had a really, really fast car in Las Vegas, and he could have, he had the car to beat Larson. Yep. Same situation happened yesterday, except Truex just let the lead get too big and couldn't catch up. Whereas Blaney, was a, he capitalized and was able to close the gap and actually had a faster car at the end of the race when it mattered. Their team, that 12, and I'll tell you what, I talked about the 22 team last week on pit road. Well, the 12 team this week brought, brought it all. So 
Team Penske once again just absolutely killing it on pit road, making it up for their drivers when they need it to. Yep. Free spots. Yeah. But overall, like, what did you – so, I mean, obviously – this race wasn't the most exciting race. Obviously, after the last couple of weeks, we've had some really exciting races, and though yep. this wasn't obviously, and I think and a was, lot of was, a lot of that is just the track itself and the nature of well, the racing I know, and that I, it produces. And I have to now I have to ask you because I feel like I feel like we can we have to know now. So, so for anyone that doesn't know, Tristan actually was Tristan actually took a little bit of a field trip this past weekend. If you want to tell if you want to tell us about a little bit, yeah. About so it? yeah, so basically for work, um, we had the NASCAR event for our experiential marketing company. Um, and so we did the NASCAR race at Atlanta. So we did the truck series. We did an activation Friday and Saturday, or excuse me, Saturday for the truck race and the Xfinity race, and then Sunday leading up to the NASCAR race. So first time to being to Atlanta Motor yeah, Speedway. Yeah, how was it? Um, it? It was cool, really. Like, So I'm amazed that even a track like that that we don't kind of consider like, like one of the – the gyms, the flagship, exactly. Like, kind of like we were talking about last week a little it's bit. It's not a Darlington. It's not a Bristol. You know what I mean? It's not a, a Talladega. But, but can you feel it? Like, can you? But f- it, well, the biggest thing that I realized was just how many people that I was talking to, uh, that are just when you're down south and you're really in the heart of NASCAR, it's not like you just have Atlanta people going to the Atlanta track. You still got people just. It's only a couple hour drive to Talladega, right? You can go all the way up to Charlotte. That's yep. not ridiculous for people to do nope. anything like that. So I mean, you're, you're really kind of right in the heart of it. Um, and I, I mean, I couldn't believe how many people. It, like, it was just a cool environment, people hanging out. And the, the coolest thing for me to see was exactly everything we've been talking about in the headlines of how NASCAR's changing the sports, like kind of coming into this new age. You a hundred. It was a hundred percent reflected through the people that I interacted with. Absolutely. You had all the old people, right? Mm-hmm. That we consider the old time nascar fan wearing dale Earnhardt senior dale Earnhardt junior gear old rainbow warrior jeff gordon gear but still sporting like a martin truex jr or kyle bush or a kevin harvick jackets everything decked out in that but their kids that were with them were all wearing bubba wallace ryan blaney and chase elliott gear all the way through and there was like a whole posse of people coming through that were just big bubba wallace fans with 23 11 racing like you could spot them a mile away they're all decked out in red and everything in doordash gear and it was so cool because, like, that's what you—that's the youth movement. It's, it's what we, it's what, we're talking, what, it is. what we've been talking about. There was such a diverse amount is. of people at the track that, like, I wouldn't even guess. Right? I figured, you know, I was just going down south, and that I would get like the old style NASCAR fans. I was completely wrong. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's no different, and especially just, at a track like Atlanta, too. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's not even one of like it's not even like one of the biggest tracks on the schedule. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's a track that used for a long time. The last couple of years, up until this year had one race a year we went and saw yep. it once a year like and th- that was it yeah and so they got and I, awesome. I can tell you those people are so happy to have two races this are year they? yeah they're pumped they're they're ready for this july race oh that's um, awesome i'm excited i think it'll be a good race. i think yesterday like i said it'll be warmer in july so you thought it was sl- we thought they were sliding around yesterday let let the, let it get a little let it get about 15, 20 degrees warmer yeah. out there. It was warmer in Michigan here on Sunday than it was, it was in cl- Atlanta. It was pretty cloudy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cloudy and it was windy. So, like, the sun came out Toward- right as right as the cup race was about to start. But then it, it, it clouded over again um, right as soon as they got going. But, yeah, it, w- it was definitely a cool experience to be down there. But at the same time, it was so hard. I didn't get a chance to get into the race because because of the limited capacity. They were sold out in tickets and everything, and I had to fly back. Um 
to Michigan, but it was it was so weird. It was it was nice to be there and feel the energy again because I had only been to Bristol and Phoenix, which are still two of my favorite oh, tracks yeah. of all time. Um, and and there was a lot of people there that are, that I talked to that like I always liked asking people. Um, and then connect it back to to the the company I was working for. It's like you know how did you get involved in NASCAR? How how did you find out about? It? And there was a lot of people who were like, yeah, you know, we kind of used to watch it when Bill Elliott was racing and stuff like that. And now that Chase is winning or something like that, they're like, yeah, we've kind of really grown back into it. And and a lot there was a lot of people I talked to that were back into it because of the pandemic and that football wasn't happening. They literally, that's literally, they were like, we didn't have any sports, and we're like, it, you know what? This this guy literally said me and my wife are like you know what we're gonna get back into NASCAR and and even if you know we don't like watching it on TV or if it's a if it's a bad race it's kind of a you know a slower like a bad or not eventful game, there's one. not they're not every football game is a great it, football exactly game. they're like you know what we're gonna stick it out and we're gonna be consistent with it. then he goes and now we're to the point where we're renting an RV and we're probably gonna go to Bristol next week I'm like heck I'm like, yeah dude that's the way to do it absolutely. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Chase fans in Atlanta, though, just because it is Chase's yeah. home. And I and home I always track. feel bad because he he hasn't done. He know he's ever. always just always had bad luck. He had a blown, he blew an engine yesterday, didn't bring it home great. Yep. So it wasn't a great day for him. But let's kind of just before we get into that's awesome though. So that was a, that was an awesome experience. So I'm like I was super happy when you told me that that was super cool. So. I know I've been dying to hear about it. He wouldn't tell me anything all weekend. I was trying to. Get <laughs> well, those, I was working. I was Paul. trying. To, I was trying. On, yesterday, I was like, when you sit at the airport, I was like, hey, like you gotta, let, you gotta give me something. Like I just gotta know. <laughs> no, I'll save it for the show Monday. I'm like, all right, all right. So how let's kid, let's just take it. Let's dive into our let's kind of review our fantasy picks from this last week in Atlanta, and then we'll kind of get into. Yeah, I'm gonna gloss over mine because <laughs> mine had such good reasoning behind them, and that I think a lot of them, two of them, right? I would I would mention. Uh, oh. Bush and Brad Keselowski were two of my picks, right? Mm-hmm. That were looking to have really fast race cars. Kurt was a top five car. Oh, absolutely. And then he got wrecked. He led a lap. And then, so I know that was just a racing incident, right, with Kurt Bush on a restart. Kyle spun the tires and they stacked up. But I'm not the biggest Denny Hamlin fan, and I think Denny was just being a little aggressive. Yeah, like if you watch the replay, well, it's Chris hard. Busher also hit him first though before. Yeah, and that's the hard part. Kurt got a little bit loose right before Denny got in the back of him, and so that might have just been like, oh, whoops. Like he might have already been off the ground before Denny even got to him. And then Denny got there, just yeah, got him up even more. And and that's probably what the case is. Um, but you know, not being the biggest Denny Hamlin fan, when I see like Kurt Busch angry. In the interview, and he was kind of saying like, "Oh, this is way too early to be doing this kind of thing." I'm just like, you know what? That's just adding fuel to the fire for me. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be mad about that. Then I also had Truex, so I thought he was gonna be uh more of a top five car, yep. right? And he did really well in the Xfinity race. Um, he led the whole thing oh, and then got a speeding and penalty, which right through. The yeah, field every again. everyone at the track was like, "Yeah, dude, we think he did that on purpose because he was just dominating. He wanted to come up through the field again, and he came all the way up in like the field, a five came ten lap span. Five ten laps, and the only person that really slowed him up was Noah Gregson because he had a fast car out of absolutely nowhere. nowhere. Um, but then his he teammate Allgaier also had a crazy. Who was running yeah. a very William Byron-ish Exalta scheme. It was like an off-brand one. I didn't really like it too much. And then he was wearing a Hellman's fire suit. I'm just like, because well, this, this is a bit odd. It's, it's the Xfinity series. Just yeah, me. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. So Truex had a ninth place finish. Um, so you know, not terrible for me. Harvick, I, I thought he was gonna win this thing, and so I was really counting on him to pull through um, and have a really good day. He found have, some Atlanta magic, though. I mean, he he did show why yeah. he's a great driver at Atlanta, and he drove. And, through and the if field. anything, like it, I mean, if you're gonna get an incident, it was a good thing that he won. He got lucky with when it happened so early in the race to be able to. But I mean, it was know. a green flag pit stop at yep. Atlanta, so I mean, he did come. I mean, the finish tenth at bring it home like that yep. shows a lot. And then 
because I'm bolder than you and I want to try to pick a bigger wild card, I picked Eric Jones because he showed some speed in the last mile and a half. Um, and it's not that I don't have faith in Eric Jones. It was more so of a risk because of the Richard Petty Motorsports equipment he was in in the 43. Uh, he ended up coming home 24th. So I'll take it. I'm okay with losing to Paul every week because I know even if I try really hard and I stay conservative, I might, I might, have- I might only lose by five points. But one of these times I'm going to beat you and I'm going to beat you big. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna shock you this week. I think. I think I got you shocked this week. Okay. But so yeah, my picks. I mean, pretty simple. I wish I could. I wish I could just change it because my ordering was actually pretty good this week. I just wish I could swap it out. So yep. first, I had Truex ninth. Second, Carvick tenth. Now third, I had Hamlin who was fourth, and then four. I mean third, I had Hamlin. Yeah, fourth, I had Kyle Busch who was fifth. So if I could have just taken my three four and switched them with my one two. Because I mean, but listen to all the people you just named, Paul. Like. <laughs> Four top I could, ten drivers. I could have. I well, no. Just think about the yeah, the, the top ten like overall you, within the past five you years. You didn't even like, let me name my last pick, <laughs> Kurt Busch. Yeah, I know. Who I didn't? Know. But who had a top five car? <laughs> but I would argue. He, I mean, you just picked all veteran drivers. All right, so this is kind of where I wanted to get into a little bit more. So let's get into our kind of our newest, se- our more newer segment, which is our underdog of the day. Yeah, I know. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I I, I got to give it to. Chris Buescher. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I know. Um, I had the, I had the same thing put down. And, and and yes, because he was like one of the smaller teams that had the best finish. I also thought Matt Benedetto was a good contention in in good contention for that. Um, even though he came in eleventh out just outside the top ten, I think for that team to finally get going mm-hmm. and to get a solid finish at a solid track like this has a lot bigger implications for the weeks to follow and building that momentum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't take anything away from Chris Buescher and what Roush was oh, able to do this and weekend. I was, and I even like Chris Buescher ran in the top ten all day. He finished. He finished. He grabbed a stage point at the end of every stage. He finished in the top ten at the. He finished ninth at the end of stage one, eighth at the end of stage two, and finished. And seventh. I think that's what the difference maker is. That's how you. That's a solid that's day a overall. It's day. not just. It's not just like a good finish or we had a good run. We had a good speed. That's a solid full day right there. That's what he wished he could have. That's what I, he he had the homestead speed at Homestead. Yep. And then he just made he it, just it faded. faded. That's a track. Yesterday changed. he had the speed again and they made it they sh- they made it happen. Yep. And so, but I also have to put down. I always got to put down Daniel Suarez. He might have not brought home the best finish, but man, yeah. were they fast yesterday. He drove that ninety nine. And, Chevy and for, all the and way up for, to sixth place yesterday. I mean, you got to think of the marketing of it too, right? He got a lot of video time and a lot of mention on the broadcast, and for a new team like that, Andy got to get fr- that type of respect right away. That, that's that's. And I'll say it again, like big props. I mean, first ever point in the Cup Series for Trackhouse, like, like big deal. Like that's a huge deal. I mean, it yeah. might have just been one point at the end, but of, still, but still a new team. It's a foundation. You're, you're six races building. in, and you already have a point. Like yep. that's huge. Like for them, like that's a huge like. When you're a new team, it's all about making it's all about small steps and a stage point this early. Yeah, in their getting those playoff points going is good. Is, I mean, it's awesome. So big congratulations to Trackhouse and Daniel Suarez and Chris Busher and Roush Fenway for a great race this weekend. Both teams brought great cars and both had excellent runs this week. So yep. it was awesome to see. So kind of just looking at the playoffs going into it. So now we are at six different winners. Ten more. Spot. The storylines just keep continuing, man. I mean, it, it has to end this week, but I can't say it because I keep thinking I'm almost off my bandwagon at this point. Like I've yeah. almost convinced myself to the point that it isn't going to happen anymore. And and uh, what I thought was coolest about that was we were all going into this race thinking like, oh, could we get our sixth different winner? 
But because Ryan Blaney absolutely stole it from Kyle Larson, it made it that much more it's March like, Madness. Impressive. It's March Madness, dude. This weekend has been full of upsets, and this is just adding fuel to yep. the fire. And 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 the upset continued the storyline that was already set so, at the beginning of this year. Well, this is my question, though. So obviously, let's look at this, okay? So let's go back to the beginning of the year when we were talking about who was going to win for each of these major teams, okay? We definitely yep. could have picked – I don't think we would have picked Byron to be the first driver in Hendrick equipment. We to get wouldn't have picked Blaney. Blaney would have first definitely not been the pick to be – both drivers would be would have picked to probably yep. get wins. Christopher Bell would not have been the, the first, first JGR, JGR car. car. And we and still then, don't have an SHR car win. Yeah. So pretty crazy that those two drivers for the three biggest teams arguably – Yep. are the three first winners of each of those teams like big props like major yep. props especially because they're all the youngest guys. i think a lot of people would thought you know that Danny would have won talking about age we're too. talking about age dude those are the three youngest guys at all th- at all of those teams blaney's the youngest guy at penske bell's the youngest guy at jgr and byron's the youngest guy at hendrick yep. like well that's the weird part too is right we've been building in north er, and nascar's been really like marketing us a while about the youth movement ever since let's say like let's chase it came in four years ago but it's so I kind of compare this and a lot of people might not understand this, but as a Buffalo Bills fan, we were so bad for so long, right? That you kind of, you believe that and you don't let your hopes get up about it. Mm-hmm. And now that like they were winning, right? We went made to the AFC championship and we're making good picks and stuff. I like you're, you're trying to put like your like disappointment wall down. You're trying to let your hope come in. And I feel like it's the same exact thing with the youth movement where this has kind of been establishing itself the whole season. And yet at the same time, we're still saying like the veterans are going to show up. They're still going to continue to dominate the mile and a half and everything like that. But that's my question for you. I mean, Truex is what is this? It, is this the turning of the tide? Are we already behind because we don't believe the youth movement is here? Cause it's here. I mean, yeah, we've only had what one of pretty much Truex. the expected winners win so far. So yep. I don't really know. And I really don't think, and I think it's crazy. And like the other thing that I wanted to mention was Larson might have lost yesterday, but man, can you take away a lot from what you saw? Because if we learned anything yesterday, we might have crowned the new mile and a half king or the the guy the really that you're gonna have to go through at all of these mile and a halfs with the five fifty. Kyle Larson. Because now we did see William Byron or someone in Hendrick because these five fifty mile and a halfs have been Hendrick, 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 and then all of yesterday was a Penske. Yep. So, now I will say, but which was dominated by a Hendrick car, which was the whole race was dominated by a Hendrick car, and I will yep. and I will say, like I said, Penske Blaney's car was the second fastest car on the track. Yep. And I would argue that Kyle Busch had the third fastest car on the track. He would have finished third, if not. Well, he crawled back too because he had a speeding but, penalty, yep, didn't he? But he would have been third, and I think yep. Bowman had a fast car. Bowman could have finished fourth. He would have split them, and that's what I'm saying. Look at Bowman, another Hendrick car, and the top three. And another guy that really ha- we haven't like I feel like hasn't been talked about all that much, but we kind of mentioned it earlier. Like he's here. I think that was a great run for him yesterday, and I think there I think we can expect more. And I think I look for a guy like Bowman to do really well at Martinsville. So I really hope that he can bring home a good finish this coming week and get the qual get a good qualifying spot for Martinsville. You know. Yep. And I I think someone that I think is is better than to be considered an underdog status that it doesn't get enough respect but at the same time um hasn't shown like the consistency is someone like austin dillon coming away with a great sixth finish. place finish that's a great finish. absolutely um that that shouldn't go unnoticed either no I mean, he's a great mile he has two wins at mile and a half he's won at charlotte and at texas, texas. so yep. he's got plenty of it so 
it's kind of a yeah. It's very interesting. So I guess it's kind of let's do it. You ready? We're going right into Bristol. Are you ready? Let's just I'm it's ready. Bristol, baby. So I'm not. We're not getting into fantasy picks right now, but I just wanted to preface it that all of my my analytical facts that I've been digging digging up the experience, the historical stats and everything, this all goes out the window. Can I tell you something? One, because it's Bristol Dirt Race, yep. so we, we don't have any of these stats. Totally different track, right? Treated like a brand new track. But at the same time, that hasn't been working for me. I haven't been beating you with these points, so I just got to throw all that out the window and just go with my intuition. Well, this can week, I tell you what's funny? It. Is you might not be going, you might be going with your gut, but I am going with the stat sheet this week. Okay, well, and okay. I have been doing my homework, and I think I have made some really good picks. So I'm curious to see how so, you twist this. So I feel like it'd be really funny and the ultimate move if I could just beat you. We switched. If you try to beat me in my own game and I just beat you using your own tactics, so <laughs> or I'm just really bad at using. So kind of just like. I guess the easiest way to preface Bristol Dirt is let's just go kind of over the weekend schedule because this is more. This isn't just the glorious part about Bristol Dirt is this is not going to be a one day show. This is a weekend event. Yep. So, and I would highly recommend to everybody that is interested that you would highly recommend that you watch the Truck Series race, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. Yep. But let's just start. So Friday we actually have practice for the Truck Series and the Cup Series. Yep. Split in the two different sessions. So the trucks will go first for their first one, then cup, then trucks for final, then cup final. That'll be yep. it Friday. That's all it is. That'll be on TV. That'll be on FS1 if you were wanting to watch it. Just at least get an idea of what the cars are looking like on the track just to see them. Then so And what the track does itself over when you put multiple cars like that on. Yep. And then so Saturday from – about 4.30 to 5.30, there's going to be four 15-minute heat races. Heat. Yep. And that'll set the qualifying order for the truck race, which is later so Saturday So we won't night. know the starting grid until Saturday. Yep. And then right after the, tr- the truck heat races is the Cup Series qualifying races, which are going to be from about 6 to 7. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be yep. about from 6 to 7 o'clock. And then the following that will be the Bristol truck race on Saturday night at eight. And so kind of following that, and then, but obviously Sunday will be just on Sunday will be the cup race at about the same time. It usually is, but going in kind of following up that. So the big thing is though, is the truck race on Saturday night is going to be especially unique because of the amount of cup series drivers that are going to be actually running in the truck series race just for the ability to get more track time. We kind of talked about this with guys like Kyle Bush running in the Xfinity series and all that. It's just about having yep. a seat time, especially at a track like Bristol. So yeah. So who do we got for this one? We got yeah, so I actually went through and pulled Martin Truex is one. So right? I pulled, I went through and pulled all the drivers that I'll be running in the truck race. So the drivers that are going to run from the cup series that are going to run both races this upcoming weekend. So Kevin Harvick will be driving in the truck race. Okay. Chase Briscoe, Ryan Newman, Bubba Wallace and Martin Truex Jr. will all be driving That's in the truck. That's five cup drivers. When was the last time we had that, a lower series race with, with that, five cup drivers? Not, I mean, it used to be a lot more common right. back in the but day, I, but yeah. not, it's not as big of a thing today anymore. Well, and here's the thing, too, is, right, it's always fun. And people, like, I mean, I know it's pretty split. Some people don't like the cup drivers coming down and, like, you know, beating everybody in the truck series because it might take away from, like, their season standings or, or, like, the potential to get a win. But I always think it's interesting because you really see, right, when someone's get put in different equipment, how they are 
at just as a driver, and I think it really shows a lot about them coming down to a lower series like that and just hopping in a ride and being good with it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I want to like set set the question here is, what are the chances of a non-cup driver winning this race? Because you can look at it from two angles. One, the cup drivers, you got five of them. So not only do they, when only Kyle Busch or only Martin Truex come down, they have a great shot at winning. Now you got five experienced cup drivers coming down. That You would think that that's like almost black and white that, yes, at least one of them is going to win the race. But it makes the competition the, harder. They're going to have to race each other. Right. But at the same time, they have never raced a, a, a truck race in dirt, and all those truck drivers have. Actually, that's false. Well, not all the cup drivers, right? Because what Chase Briscoe was still down there, right? When they did like the Eldora, so, the Eldora, the Eldora race. Chase Briscoe was an Eldora winner, but yep. also Bubba Wallace is also an Eldora winner. Really, I did not know that. Yes, I did not know that. So, do you think? Do you think someone like him from a Cup Series and having that truck race experience on dirt sets him apart from like someone like Kevin Harvick? Potentially. I mean, time I, I would say Chase Briscoe could potentially be the best SHR car this weekend. Potentially. I mean, like out of every race of the year, this could be like, this might be the jump starter he needs for his season. Yep. But also just following like the truck race though, there might, there are also a couple, a handful of guys that did their racing at Bristol this week, this past week leading into the Atlanta race actually. Cause this past week at Bristol was the Bristol dirt nationals, which is like a huge dirt racing series for a ton of, so a couple of the guys, three drivers ran in the super late model series, which was like the biggest series of the whole event. Mm-hmm. Those three were Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and Chase Elliott. So Chase Elliott did not make the feature race, the final race, because he had a crash he had earlier in the week. So he did not make it. Kyle Busch did qualify for the feature race and finished 11th. But Kyle Larson, who we always have been talking about, for the nat for the feature race, like the nat for the for all for all the marbles, Kyle Larson finished second in the Bristol Dirt Nationals Super Late Model race. Didn't didn't Logano run a car? I think he did, but I don't know what series he ran in. I know that and then for I know a couple of guys ran in the six oh four late model series, and that was Austin Dillon, Corey LaJoy, and Chris Busher. And Austin Dillon won that he that won that series. So but yeah, so I mean, really, I don't have like. I mean, I think it's going to be really exciting. I haven't seen what the cars are called. I assume there's going to be no splitter. Oh Lord, I'd hope there'd be yeah. no But after seeing the Xfinity, if you haven't seen the clip of the Xfinity race, well, I think what's going to scare a lot of people when they think dirt tracks, they think like if it's pretty slick that they're not going to be running too fast. But I think what we've seen from these national races so far is how fast that these cup cars are going to be. I mean, and I, how fast the track speeds are going to be considering it's dirt. Well, you also have to keep in mind there are no live pit stops this weekend. So yep. I don't know when the last time the Cup Series didn't do live pit stops were. Yep. So, and I really don't know how that's going to work, honestly. I have no idea what we're that's going to look like. I think for Eldora, they didn't do live stops. I think Eldora, it was set. So I guess they'll just put a caution out, and that'll be when everyone comes down to them. The yep. starting order just stays the same, I guess. Yep. Because there is no race off pit road. Which I guess is a good thing because I guess it gives you more time. So does that mean you have like a set time? Would you assume? I don't know how they do it. Because every box has an official. So I can understand how they could regulate that. Because, you know, like every single pit box has an official that watches their pit stops for penalties. I mean, it's only going to be a 250 lap race. So that's 133 miles. 
Um, it's the Food City Dirt Race. Yep. Um, that's got, it's gonna start at three thirty. It's obviously gonna be on on Fox. It but won't yeah. be a very long race, I don't think. It might be a decent. Race. I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what this is gonna look like. I don't know how many. I don't know if like because the stage will be pretty long still. So I don't know. If, obviously, I don't think they can. But obviously, it's a half mile, so they might make it pretty long without having to. Yep. I don't really like. I said. I, re- I just I just hope that track holds up for 250. I'm really excited. I'm, I know next week we're gonna have a whole lot to talk about coming out of this, but. I kind of think so. Let's just kind of let's just do our fantasy picks and just see what happens. You want? I, I'll go. So you want intuition to go first this no, week? No, I think or logic I th- and reason. I think logic and reason usually goes first. And I think we should keep is it that, that way. Oh, is that why you always ask me, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think because I think you're going to be shocked with who I picked, and I think because I actually am picking some crazy people. I think I'm taking your strategy and picking some. Okay. So I like it. I'll just go ahead and do my first two because they're pretty pretty obvious. I think they're two of the favorites i'm picking kyle larson and christopher bell as my first two mm-hmm. arguably the two best dirt racers in the cup series that are currently dirt racing outside of the cup series pretty regularly mm-hmm. so two guys and like i said larson finished second in the super late model race saturday and then got on an airplane flew to atlanta and led almost every single lap of that race so he's feeling he's got two second place finishes in the yep. last in a weekend so i'm thinking kyle larson's ready to put on a show for everybody and i might i wouldn't i don't want to say it too early but maybe a sweep we might see a weekend sweep for the first time in a while i think that's one of those little easter egg nuggets you're throwing in here that i'm gonna get a text from you after it happens I'm like, hey do you remember when i said that on on last week's show that i, I definitely called this and then we're gonna bring it up and celebrate it i i think that's got a potential to be one of well, those that's why i just said it <laughs> okay and then so my third pick is Austin Dillon. My fourth pick is Chase Briscoe. And my fifth pick is Bubba Wallace. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so this is your logic and reason. And you did just hear, like, all I just laid out all of, like, the, everything I have for you. Like, everyone, Chase Briscoe has won at Eldora. Bubba Wallace has won at Eldora in a truck. So they both have won a dirt race in NASCAR equipment. And technically, Bubba Wallace has ran decent. He's led at Bristol before in the 43 car. I'm just saying, the two of them having a win in a NASCAR-equipped vehicle on dirt is a huge advantage. I would agree with that. Um, I don't think our lists differ as much as we thought they were going to. So obviously my first two are Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson. So you swept them on me. I had Austin Dillon okay. as my third pick, I could see just it. like you did. See, that's the see. I could see it in your face. The same thing I think when I'm, whenever you're going through your <laughs> picks and we have the same people. Yeah, and the only reason I did that is because of I didn't realize Austin Dillon like how like the broadcast even mentioned him during the race about how he was going to be one to be like. Well, they talked about they talked about how he race. won his race Saturday. Exactly, and so that's exactly what led me to that decision. Um, without thinking about anything else. So my fourth, I had someone in here that was a wild card, but I saved my wild card for five. And I said, you know what? Out of all these, these are a lot of young drivers. And for a good reason, but I want to diversify this, right? I want to give myself some veteran. Fair. Fair. And I think if I'm going to, I'm just going to pick Logano for this race. Um, so he's my fourth pick. And my fifth pick, I got Chris Buescher. I think Bubba Wallace is a great pick, and if you're ever going to pick him for a wild card, I think card, this is a great race. To this pick is him. a great, a great race to do it. 
But I think Chris Buescher, because not only is he coming off the seventh place finish from last week, but there's more of an even field because this is something so new for everybody. And he's been there. He's been running this week. So he's seen the track all this week. Exactly. So that's why I think he's, I think he's a wild card that has a good chance to 100% agree with that pick. And he's got the momentum right now. He's running hot right now. And Ralph Finway is bringing good cars. Yep. So I can only expect that they're going to do the same thing. And so really the, the only difference between who wins fantasy between you and me this week is how Logano and Chris Buescher do stacked up against how Chase Briscoe and Bubba Wallace do. Because we've picked the top Dude, three. Dude, I'm really excited for this Bubba pick. I have been waiting. For, I literally have been thinking about this pick for a while. So yeah, And I'm surprised you picked them before I did. I feel like I'm more of a Bubba supporter in general. No, but dude, I, when I, I was doing my research and I saw that he was an Eldora winner in the truck series in a Toyota truck, which mm-hmm. he will be running in a Toyota truck also on yep. Saturday night. That'll be interesting. So I think that was, I found that very interesting that that was a win in TRD equipment back before he was, before this whole resurgence with him in Toyota. Yep. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And I like Chase Briscoe. And, I, and you know, I like Chase Briscoe. And I've picked him for a couple of like once or twice before. It's been a slow start for him, but like I said, if there's going to be a race... And I think it's going to continue to be a slow start for him, but if he's going to have something that starts swinging in the direction, I think you're right, well, it is this I think, week. I think it's really going to be justified on how he does on Saturday in the truck race. Yeah. I think a lot of drivers' weekends are going to well, be... How much do you think... Okay, so if, if you're a cop driver and you're running the truck race, you're not driving it for necessarily for the car rather than just the track itself, because do you think that there's going to be a big difference with how the trucks run on? On the on the track versus the cup cars, I don't think it's because as, I don't we've think never it, seen a cup car under. I don't I don't think it's as much of a difference as much of it just getting t- track time. Yeah, I think track time in a NASCAR, like a NASCAR built stock vehicle, like a NASCAR stock car. Yeah, whether that's the price that's part of it. Whether whether it be a truck or a Cup Series car, I don't think it matters. I think yeah, it's the same thing as Truex going down and driving in the Xfinity Series. Yes, they're not the same car. They don't quite handle the same at the track. But you're driving on the track, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, and it just and it's a confidence thing. Like they literally, they Kyle Busch said it on the radio, and that's why I think Kyle Busch had a great run. He ran great yesterday, even with his penalty. Yeah, and it's because he talked about it. He said the win in the Truck Series race on Saturday gave him a ton of confidence going into the race, the Cup race on Saturday. So I think not even a win for any of these five guys that are running in the Truck race. I just think a good performance. And getting good data would be a, a win for them that they can take in take in as an advantage going into the cup race. Because yeah, you have all these guys that drove late models this last week, but that is not a cup series equipped stock car. That is a dirt late model that is built to go on dirt. This is a NASCAR cup series car that just did 500 miles on Atlanta, which is pretty rough, but you know what I'm saying? It's not the yep. same. And I'm not comparing... Oh, I'm not saying that, that what they did at driving those late models won't do anything. No, it's the same but thing. But that, that's really only the uh, historical data and everything we have to kind of go off. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? No, we don't have any. That's what I'm saying. There isn't really a whole lot for us. That we can't really say a whole lot because we don't have anything. Usually we have like past races to look at. And that's kind of the fun part that that's what gets me really excited about this race is, yeah, it's Bristol. And like we could just talk about Bristol, but I can't just look up who won the last race at Bristol and use that as a basis for who I think would win this race because they're not the same. Yeah. This is like Bristol, but like Bristol 
like way like I don't even see that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Like yeah. it's got a new floor. Like it's not <laughs> it's the same high banks, but it's not it's just gonna be I think it's I think people are I think it's just gonna be a really, really interesting race. And I, I think too is we also gotta talk about too, um is kind of what at what's at stake. I mean, we've been talking about what's at stake of for this race for the drivers, but let's say for the schedule for future seasons, do we, however this race goes, really determines and the success of how many people watched it um, determines whether we put something like this on the schedule yep. again for next well, do year. Do you remember back in the first episode, one of my bold season predictions was that this race was going to be a bust. It was yeah. gonna, it wasn't going to be and I'm not I didn't I want to clarify that. I kind of want to like what makes it a bust yeah, like I want to clarify in terms of on I'm, track quality I, I versus th- I think the the dirt racing aspect of it will be really good. I think it, if it's done right can appeal to a lot of people, but I'm going to go right back to the point I made when I said this. This is still it's Bristol though. You are taking away what was what was a Bristol Spring Race, which already in its own was going to be good. That's a gem because one because Bristol just is good racing in general. You know what I mean? It's like no, it's like it's one of those tracks. It's very one of the very few tracks that you can go to almost every time, and know that the racing is going to be good. And that's where I think that it's going to sit the wrong way with a lot of people. I think the racing on the dirt will be awesome. Well, yeah, because it's kind of hard. I mean, I think if this was some random track and it was, a, it was a dirt race, right? People's expectations are different than when it's a dirt race at Bristol. Now, I do think, I think from a PR standpoint, doing it at Bristol is absolutely outstanding. Right. Because people, because like you said, people know Bristol. People know of, it's probably one of the most like well-known NASCAR even tracks. For, even for people that don't really follow well, Everybody's NASCAR. heard it's Bristol, baby. Everybody yep. knows like that. So everybody knows the that. The last great Coliseum. Oh, yeah. So... I just don't know, and I would. And I said that in the first episode, and I, and I, I mean, like, I'm not saying I want it to happen because I want this race to be so good, and I'm really excited for this race. Yeah, I was just, you know, have to, you have to, say, you, you just have to be, you have to think about it that way, though. And so, thinking like maybe if this works out really well, maybe it could be cool that. What if this works out really well, and maybe SMI just gets the fairgrounds working out and they could figure out a way to make it where the fairgrounds is better purpose built for a race like this. And they can run it there instead of at Bristol, but we still get that dirt race on us track similar to Bristol, but you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then they can use that as a PR for the fairgrounds to make the people excited about racing. One, the fairgrounds have a lot of great PR behind it anyways for it to come back. Mm-hmm. but why not put dirt on it and help increase it? that's the same thing you know what i mean everybody already wants that to come back well give it one asphalt race and then do the asphalt race first give everyone a chance to get familiar with it and maybe put some dirt on it and see what happens or do us yeah. give it a season where it's just you just run it how it is if it runs really good and people really like it then say okay we might do this or who says we can't have a dirt all-star race why couldn't we make the all-star race a dirt race if this is all kind of weird like why wouldn't we take the one non-points paying race it's always a fun race that people like to watch yep make it a dirt race well and they always use the all-star race to try new things too so if i think if they were well, ever gonna I, I give the i give the all-star race a lot of credit we got the choose rule yeah and i love the choose rule it's one of my i thought it was weird at first but that's probably it's just because i didn't understand it 
Yep. But I love it. It's probably one of my favorite new additions to the sport that I'm really glad that we have now. And I, I don't think they talk about how kind of well that been received and how, I mean? and how great it adds how much value it adds to strategy how much yep. more it's just one more thing that makes the sport more strategic and more important. more complex more layers to it exactly and so it makes a crew chief and a driver really have to kind of it's another decision point you know what i mean well especially like we saw it yesterday a lot a track like atlanta that you want the inside it, and you saw guys like blaney blaney did it a lot he would have the second place spot and he would drop to the inside behind Larson because he knew he wouldn't wheel spin as bad yep. on the inside. And more times than not, the guy on the outside of the spun front row, I guess who ended up right back in second place racing Larson for the lead right out of the gate, was always the guy. It, it didn't even have to be Blaney. Whoever was in the second, you were almost ultimately up until like the fifth row, you probably were better off just to pick the inside. Because yeah. you would have been, you're going to end up right into the fourth position. So the choose rule, I think, was a great rule. And I think, yes, I think it's very, I like how they do it where it's not at every track. Because I think at a track like Daytona, you don't need the choose rule, at least for like the super speedway, not the road course. The road yeah. course, it's fine. And, and that, well, I, I would argue that maybe it does. I mean, super speedways, normally I would argue that it doesn't, but I would say the, the Daytona 500 that we just watched. That top line, they were single file all the way up until like the last lap on the top because no one can make it work on the bottom. So if we had to restart right before that, and that's kind of what was happening all day, then yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm saying I want. I, I think it's fine the way it is. I like how it is at all the interme- I like it at all the intermediate tracks. I like it at, because it changes though. That's what I'm saying. The choose rule can change throughout the day though. Yeah. You can have a point where the bottom line is faster on a restart, but then maybe the sun goes down and boom, the top line comes through, and now the top is the faster line. Yep. But it's also about who 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 is the control car and who isn't. Yeah. Like if you're on the bottom and the top is faster, so you take the top, well, you lose the control car spot. Yep. No, no. With that being said, so you, you, I think you have some really good reason for your fantasy picks, and it sounds like you're pretty confident in them. Are you confident in picking a winner? Well, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, I pretty, you could probably guess who I'm picking. Uh, Larson. I'm, 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 I just, I think there's gonna be 16 winners, and this week is a week that it could be anybody. It could, it's kind of super speedway-ish in that aspect, but it might not be super speedway-ish. You know what I mean? We might be thinking it could be anybody, and then we get there, and it could absolutely just be dominated by a certain. There could be just a clear-cut group. someone that just comes out, of or nowhere. just a clear-cut group of drivers that are gonna be really consistent and really good. Which is, I would love to see ten guys all really fast. That just a whole group of ten guys just, they're just, they're just going at the it. The whole ten, like I'd like to see the top ten shuffling up a lot. Like that's what yeah. I'd like. I don't want to see like someone getting out to like a huge lead and just running. And then everyone up. just kind of crawling. For well, because it's Bristol, like you could get out to a huge lead. Like if Larson just gets out to a five second lead, it's just. Well, that's the hard part. Is you're never gonna you're never gonna get out to that big of a lead without having the risk of getting through lap traffic. I think lap traffic's going to be the biggest factor. just as hard to navigate this race um, as it is on the pavement. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Who are, so who are you picking then? So the obvious softball choice would have been Kyle Lars. Or there's a second softball, though. There's two softballs. And Christopher I, Bell. Are you picking the second softball? I'm not picking Christopher Bell. Okay. So here's my thing. Christopher Bell would have been another softball and a really good chance to have, have you know, the win. Well, he's done all the... But I think what would be more interesting than either one of those winning is a new driver. So that way we would have seven new winners 
in seven different races. And I think I think Kyle Larson's gonna dominate the whole race. And then I think somehow in pits or not pit strategy, excuse me, just at the end getting caught up in laugh traffic or just a crazy restart, I think someone's gonna ruin Kyle Larson's day or he just makes a mistake. But I think Austin Dillon's gonna steal it from him. And I think Larson's gonna continue to show the speed and he's gonna continue to dominate. I like that pick. But it might just fall through at the end. And I, Kyle Larson will still come away with like a top five. No, I like that pick a lot. I have no I think that's a great pick. I I kinda just wanna I kinda just wanna throw in like one more little spin of this though, because so who do you think will be I guess you kind of already picked this, but I guess like who do you think will be the driver? Who do you think will be the under the unexpected who just shows up who, and is really good at who, Bristol? Who do you think that when we look, we're looking at all, we got this list of guys, right, that we've talked about who we think is going to do good, that have done all this and this. Yeah. But who do you think is just going to come to the track and it's just going to get out there? I don't know because we haven't been talking about him. I mean, I'll just, I don't know. It could be Ricky Stenhouse for all we know. You know what I mean? He's pretty good on dirt. He drives a lot of dirt. But we haven't me. been talking about him. I mean, that's true. I mean, like, I feel like you could see a guy like, you might even see a guy like Brad Keselowski or Chase or Kyle Busch. Even Blaney, I would say. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Blaney said, Blaney in an interview said he was doing a lot of his training on some. He wasn't, he hadn't done like any like actual like dirt track driving. He's been doing yeah. a lot of it on simulators. I, I mean, how cool would it be, too, to see all these guys in, let's say, like, no, act, in, in actual dirt equipment, not like a Cup Series car, like, let's say, like a Sportsman Series or a late model? That would be nuts. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for having seven different winners because I think if we get a seven different winner this week, it's really it, – dude, we're, half, we're almost – we're, oh, we're almost I – mean, well, and, and that's the thing too is even if we had a seven different winner, I'd be, you mentioned when we, were get, when we were having the conversation about 16 – more than 16 winners, right? Yep. And only 16 playoff spots that we, we kind of knew that it was at least going to continue to a Harvick, a Denny Hamlin, maybe probably Kyle Busch, right? Um, Chase Elliott, but I don't don't remember if you named Austin Dillon, and if you did, he might have been. I think we mentioned him. If I think you we, did, I think it was right towards the end. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it, it, that just kind of makes that more possible. If oh, you get yeah. if you get the outlier or the one that had more risk in having that happen, I mean, we could also see a guy like Reddick. Maybe I don't even know. I mean, Reddick yeah. could do well. I mean, yep. There's so no. many outliers for this race. Like you can only. That's why I'm excited. No, for I'm it. so excited. I think there's a lot to that you have to, that we have to look forward to going into this weekend. So, and with that being said, I think Bristol is going to be chaotic. And I think, although we might not be able to have a good chance as usual as picking a racket, I think there is, there's going to be a racket. There will be for like the first time since Daytona. Yeah. So who do you have? <laughs> I got Corey Lidjoy. <laughs> I have a better one than you. Really? Yeah. Better than Corey. I feel like something's just going to happen. He's going to be like that. He's, he thinks he's got an even playing field. Like, this is his best shot to do good. He's going to be running up in front and then just do something crazy, overly aggressive, and just take out everybody. All right, ready? My record for this week? Any car on track. Okay. Really? <laughs> I, I thought out of the box. I didn't think, like, just hey, picking you, anything. You in the had box. any lapped car at Homestead. Yeah, that's still specific. Any car on track. Because it could happen. It could be a lapped car. It could be a lead lap car. It could be a lead lap car crashing into a lapped car. It could be two lap cars sandwiching a lead lap car. It could be two (laughs) lead lap cars sandwiching a lap car. Like, it could really be like, 
it's a half mile. It could be someone not having good visibility if the track drives out. It's a half mile. Like, you're going, it's inevitable. Like, everybody's going to be on top of each other the entire time. You're not going to be able to tell who's doing what, especially it's not going to be as controlled with lap traffic like Bristol usually is. Now, are they doing the, do you know if they're doing the tear offs on the helmets? Do they normally do that for the truck race? Uh, I mean, they, have, they still they just have the run wind, the, They have the windshield. I bet they have both. Probably. I'm sure they have both. They have a thing in the, uh, I know in the truck race at Eldora, they always had like a little like Swiffer looking thing. The drivers did it's like under, oh, really? on cautions. That they would. Because like <laughs> on a caution, you can't come. Like, You're not talking like a full, like Carl Edwards during that one Xfinity race when he actually got the Swiffer out the window. That was at a, that was at a road course. I don't remember which road no, course that they, was. No, they, like, they have like a thing, like on a yeah. stick. Like it's literally just no, like No, but that. do you know what I'm talking yeah, so about? Exactly, though? No, I know, yeah, yeah. No, because there's, it's not rolling. There, it's like, it's stop. It's like, uh, what's it called? I can't, I just literally said it. It's not rolling stops. So there's no live yeah. pit stops. Yep. So. You can't just come down pit lane, get service, and then get a tear off when there's just a caution and you're just going at caution speed because cautions are set. Yep. So when there's a caution though, they have like a, a it looks kind of like a Swiffer on like a shorter stick and they can stick it out. And aren't you excited for this week? Honestly, like it's and the best part about it is we don't even like just a, get we don't have to wait all the way to Sunday to start like Friday. Exactly. It's a whole weekend for like the first time. It's kind of like old NASCAR-ish kind of. It's kind of nice. Like yeah. a whole weekend event. Like NASCAR kind of is weekending again. So yeah. maybe a guy like Kyle Busch will do well this weekend running under this kind of – like we said it last week, Kyle Busch runs good under the weekend. You know what I mean? Who says he can't run? Well, he obviously is not running the truck race. So, But who says that he didn't get some good data this week that he can make his car? And he's obviously going to have practice. He's going to have two practice sessions. And qualifying. He'll have a race in qualifying, too. So, now, keep in mind, I don't know how they're going to rule this. So, if you wreck in the heat race and qualifying and you have to go to a backup car or back of the field automatically? I don't know. I would assume so. I mean, how many – okay, so how many, if you do, you reckon, think, do you think they're really going to, like, go for the qualifying positions? Or do you think people are just going to try to take care of their stuff and not be super I think we're, I think it's going to be both. I think, I, think, I think we'll have guys, like, they're going to try to prove something, be aggressive. Because I think it depends on who's or people that just have the confidence. I mean, I think I would be. I'm very interested to see who NASCAR puts in what heats. I mean, I yeah. I would only assume that's probably gonna. If this is probably if gonna, it's their, they'll probably figure that out. They'll determine that based on like a the qualifying a, order. They'll do it like with yeah, like their qualifying. They'll be like, we're thing. we're gonna determine the heats by like a four sided matrix <sighs> quadriceps. You know what I mean? <laughs> Using <laughs> be like, matrices. Yeah, based on all these stats from all these things previously. Yeah. But no, I'm excited. I think we got some good things coming up. I think it's gonna um, be good. I also do just want to mention everyone listening, uh, you know, share this with your friends, like review. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. So go ahead, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Um and link or just directions in the description will be if you want to join our fantasy league. Um, all the directions you need to do that are in there. So try to beat me and Paul because Paul's obviously been having no competition um, with me with everything I've been doing. So make sure you guys go do that. Let us know what you think. Um, and yeah, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening. This has been episode seven. So come, we'll be back next Monday. Yep. We'll be, it'll be a, it'll be an awesome episode. We'll be talking about Bristol dirt. So we'll actually yep. have some data for you guys. We'll, we'll actually be able to have some of a, a little bit of more of a basis after, after this weekend and then we'll be going into uh martinsville i believe or do we have a is it an off week i think we might have an off week 
Uh, we go to. We have a done schedule update. Martinsville. Is it? Is it the next week or is is it? It is April tenth. So yes. No, it is two weeks. Because yep, we have an off. We do have an. So yeah. So next week we'll be back. Sorry. We'll, so yeah, next week we'll be back and we're gonna cover. We'll go over Bristol Dirt and we'll yep. dive into some. We'll probably dive into some storylines and just kind of look, kind of recap, take in our first by week of the season you might call it and kind of look at what we've had after the first seven races and yep. just kind of predict what we think and that martinsville race will be fun to look at oh too yeah and because we'll it's a saturday night race that starts at 7 30 p.m so yeah we'll be we're gonna and yeah we'll preview martinsville so thanks for listening guys i'm paul and i'm tristan and you've been listening to the bump and run broadcast